Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good night. Welcome to the Vikings Territory Breakdown with myself, Joe Oberly, and Mark Craig from the Star Tribune and all those other Star Tribune thingies and that he does. I, it's just too numeral to, numerous to mention. Mark, I feel like I've been here before. I feel like uh, <laughs> deja vu all over again. You know, the Vikings have done this forever in my time uh watching them as as tease us with a great game and then come back in and and lose one they should have could have won and you know i have a lot of thoughts about it 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 had that uh uh feel of a playoff game the way certainly the way san francisco was playing it they were physical and they were uh a little dirty, uh, but uh, you know part of the game it, it, it ratchets up when playoffs are on the line and uh the Vikings traded punches with them for a while, but unfortunately made too many mistakes ultimately to to win the game. And uh, you know they're right back into the they're out of the playoff role right now, and they're they're outside looking in and got to climb back up. Uh, what were your thoughts on the game? Uh, well, I think it's you know we've seen this. They got what 10, 10 one score games. They played eleven games. They got 10, 10 of them are one score games. Difference I thought in this one was Kirk was not as sharp as he has been. Uh, in other games, um, boy, that last drive, um, some bad throws. I mean, throughout the game, there were some bad throws. Um, he just was not as crisp with his with his passing as he typically is, um, especially with what we've seen in some of these late game comebacks and stuff. And so, when your defensive line is missing four starters, <laughs> all four starters, and you're hanging on, and the other team's running for 208 yards and three touchdowns, and their other quarterback's not playing that well early. You needed your quarterback to uh, to play like he's been playing in some of these other close games, and uh, they just didn't get it from him. He wasn't sharp enough. Yeah, he really wasn't. He had a bad second half, and that, that's that's the problem with the Vikings. They're just not good enough to overcome when your quarterback has a bad day. Uh, um, he clearly did. I mean, you, you talk about some of those things that Justin Jefferson had an off day target-wise, and uh, Kirk had him in the end zone for the two-point conversion. And clearly missed him. He had nobody. Kirk had nobody around him. He had scrambled to the right and was wide open, throwing on the run. Had plenty of time to hit him as 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 JJ came away from his defender. Perfect play. Didn't threw it at his feet. And then he had a chance to hit him for the game tying uh, score at the end of regulation, or at the end of the game, and threw it out of the end zone. And both times, the body language from Mister the young Mister Jefferson was like. Uh, Something we've hit bad hit, hints at before when when a receiver's been frustrated with his quarterback. Do you think? Uh, well, I is, mean, I, I don't. Is the yeah. idea showing, or is is there a problem to come there? I don't think there's a problem. I, I don't. I kind of don't blame that that body language. That for on fourth down, why are you throwing it? You know, five feet over his head. I mean, there's an interception in the end zone. You know, it's fourth down. You you got to. I mean, you got to throw it to him and and see what happens. Uh, the two-point conversion, I thought it might have slipped out of his hand. Looking back at it, I don't think it did. I think that he maybe was trying to, to alter the throw whenever there was a defender close there, and it just redirected into the ground. That was pretty awful. You know, the last uh, the last drive, uh, you got, um, you know, he checks down or he, he misses Madison on a, on a high pie ball, and then uh, he comes back, and there's like uh, Conklin and Thielen open. He checks it down to Madison, and then third down he tries to force it to uh, to um, 
uh, a receiver and he's got Thielen open uh, over to the left a little more. And then the fourth down throw to Jefferson. Jefferson's got great body position. He's he's right. He's got the leverage. He's got the position. The defender's on his back, and he throws it over his head. And that there was body language on that one too. I don't fault body language in moments like that where the emotions are. I mean, uh, yeah, there's some frustration. I mean, we saw it last year. I think whenever <laughs> when the dome when the when the uh, U.S. Bank Stadium was empty and they're playing. I think the Titans and and he threw it over way over in the end zone over Jefferson's head and Jefferson said, come on, Kurt, throw the ball. Uh, something like that. You know, some of that's just natural. I mean, if you're playing and if you're in the arena, like these guys are, it's not like a normal office setting. Uh, I don't see that as a problem uh, at all because the frustration of, of the situation. I mean, he needed the ball. It's not, that's not him just coming out and saying you're a terrible quarterback or whatever. It's just him in that in that situation. I don't see that as a problem yet. I, uh, he, he, he may he may become one of those receivers, but I don't see it yet at all. That happens in the office all the time. Come on, Stan, give me that purchase <laughs> order. Don't throw That's it at right. my But you know, I, I I you brought up the one from last year, and I saw it last year. And, it, it, and now, granted, I'm partial to this. I do not I do not like this in young receivers we saw it in digs you know and, and he forced his way out of here you know this but with 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 two of them this week from uh jefferson on the heels when everybody's praising him even on the broadcast for for what a great kid he is and 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 what a team player and all the stuff he does you know as a team guy team guy team guy and it just concerns me because if you know the vikings do uh extend a quarterback that jefferson is struck is frustrated with you know, is is he going to stick around? And you know, they lose another you know uh, uh, franchise player. That no, no, no. I, I, I there's one thing I can assure you on this hour podcast is Stefan D- uh, Jefferson is not Stefan Diggs. Period. That's not going to happen. Why not? They're just different personalities. I mean, yeah. they're you can. I mean, I, not that I, I profess to know him, but I've seen enough of the receivers over the million years doing this he's not that type of guy i i I don't see that i don't you know i mean let's it's you know last year he set a rookie record uh he's coming off a game where he had uh 21 targets 17 balls a couple touchdowns and 300 and some yards so you know it's uh because he gets upset in a moment in a a moment where he could have made a play and it could have been a play made i mean kirk cousins is upset with himself just as much you know he's grabbing his helmet and he's you know yeah. reacting to to his throws as much as Jefferson was. So yeah, I, I you know it could who knows you can't tell the future, but I, I that I don't I would not read this that game into something that's like there's a big problem there at all. But you know it's interesting about receivers, and I I've brought this up on the podcast before many times with Joe Johnson, who we used to do it with. Where I told him I played a receiver tight end in high school did more blocking than receiving. And when I would go out for a pass, I of course came back to the huddle and I was open every time, you know, every time and mad that the ball didn't come there. It's frustrating. So I get that, but that's high school. When at the pro level, you can't be, you can't be, you got to check that body language and not show up your, your quarterback. I mean, I know Adam Thielen even got mad at Kirk Cousins in the past and certainly Diggs did. And, and I, I just don't want it to get there. Not that I can do anything about it, but you know, I love yeah. watching Jefferson playing that. I just throw it out there. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to this. We'll put him well, in someday when we were, he's ready to leave. 
were reporters saying that you got to give Oberly a chance on those 50-50 balls? They, were they calling for that back when you played? Uh, no, because uh, everybody wanted the damn ball. Uh, they should have they uh, been doing that. No, I'm kidding. Uh, on the other side, uh, Adam Thielen just just keeps doing amazing stuff. I you know I, I started watching the game last night, and the first half that he had is it was just it, it's it's become commonplace for him. Uh, I don't know if it was you or somebody else or somebody called him the modern day uh, Chris Carter. He he does make catches like that with you know contorting his body. He had, I contend that he has made uh, uh, Kirk Cousins. Well, he certainly has a better completion per- percentage because of Adam Thielen, but he has made him a better quarterback than he is because Adam catches so many balls that are either behind him or above him or to the you know throw. You know, sometimes it's Kirk throwing, having to throw it to places where the receiver can't get can be the only guy to get it. But Thielen just makes for now that, that plays that that touchdown where he was going across the the uh, end zone one way, plant stops, turn backs, contorts, and dives back the other way. To, what a catch! What a, an, an amazing. Uh, I, 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 I will mention that he's 80 touchdowns behind Chris Carter. Uh, he caught his 50th, and he's got he got 80. He has to catch another 80 to catch uh, the touchdown, man. Uh, but yeah, that that touchdown you're talking about, that's actually not as bad a throw, I don't think, as it appeared. Because uh, one of the things about them being on the same side, you know, Thielen and Jefferson, is uh, I don't know if they were on the same side on that play, but whatever it was. You saw three defenders either sh- covering, shading, or looking at going toward Jefferson Jefferson, that, who was short left. Thielen's in the end zone, kind of op- you know, wide open, but there was a, uh, a defensive back that reacts or starts moving back to his left, uh, Cousins' right, and Cousins throws it a little bit far, you know, farther to the right, thinking that probably assuming that, that Thielen can catch something like that. It might have been a little too more far right than, than it needed to be, but. He's avoid. He's kind of avoiding the interception there, uh, but the fascinating part. The fascinating part of that play was you had three guys that kind of like paying attention to Jefferson, uh, and Thielen's having that great first half. Now, before before I ask the next related question, I want to say this. I'm, I'm just telling you, by the time this guy's done. Uh, look for that uh, number nineteen to be re- re- up in the ring of honor at the Vikings because you know and and, and I got to give a plug his first man Cato guy that would ever do that he's one of us. And, and, and have. Is there are there any places to get beer in Mankato? Yes, there are. Mankato breweries are a really good spot. In fact, you, you got to tap. Yeah, you got to tap your head. There you go. We got right. uh, ten fifty one. We got to start keeping. What's the record? Yeah, the record. Thanks for setting me up for that. You know, many of the Vikings. Scott Studwell told me that he. He he put uh, Mankato Brewery on the rotation when they were down there in uh, yeah, in, in Mankato for training camp. Uh, uh, but there's too, there's too many retired jerseys, Joe. I think there is. Joe, I Jim Jim Brown retired jersey. That's the rest put, put your name his his name up on the Ring of Honor. Is that that's not a jersey retirement, is it? Oh, I can see it. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I, I think he'll get there someday. Anyway, I think he's uh, there is a, there is one stat on him that. He's one of only like four undrafted receivers to catch uh, 50 touchdowns in the NFL in NFL history. Is that right? Well, he's the so undrafted he is... modern day Chris Carter. Then, okay. See, there you go. Gotcha. Yeah, Chris Carter's a Cleveland or an Ohio boy, so I know you'll stick up for him. He's more towards Cincinnati, though. No, so maybe not too much. But you, you touched on it earlier. Uh, the Vikings are doing a lot of that, uh, putting lining up 
Jefferson and Thielen on the same side, and then even putting them out in the same patterns, you know, uh, you know, one guy does a deep corner, the other guy does a shallow corner. Uh, you know, sometimes they're they're splitting off, you know, and, and they're drawing a lot of uh, protection. I'm not a big scheme guy, but tell me about that because you're bringing a lot of defenders over. Then you saw it. That one safety was kind of playing three guys on Jefferson on that touchdown. As soon as he saw the ball going back the other way, he split off and tried to cover uh, Thielen, but it was too late. So do you think it's a good scheme? It, it, It seems unique to me, or at least not that common. Yeah, I don't know if it's unique, but it's uh, I like it because uh, you know, like we're we're talking about this game where three guys go toward uh, Jefferson. Well, uh, against the the Chargers, I believe it was, uh, where Jefferson's in the uh, in the backfield, and they they kind of run the same route on the same side. There were more guys uh, in the end zone with uh, or pay, two guys paying attention to Thielen in the end zone. That's where Jeff, uh, Jefferson catches the ball about the three yard line and, and the defenders are in the, in the end zone and it was kind of an easy score. So, um, you know, to me, that's, uh, it works, you know, so you've seen it in the past couple of weeks, you've seen it both ways. So I, we're talking about the receivers. we got to talk about Kirk. Kirk wasn't too bad in the first half, although he did have some, some bad throws, but those throws in the back, are, are we, is this bad Kirk showing up against nervous Kirk? I think because, uh, you know, he, he in these times, if you're going to be a Hall, not a Hall of Fame quarterback, no, not a Hall. <laughs> at, least, at least a game-winning quarterback, a playoff quarterback, a, a quarterback can take you to the next level. You have to make those throws. You have to you have to throw that pass like you described to Justin Jefferson at the back of the end zone. And so, you know, so what? I mean, uh, Zimmer told you you could, you could get an interception, although I don't think he anticipated the interception Kirk threw. And, and- and then return down to the one or two yard line. <laughs> oh my goodness! It, it, uh, you know, that was a bad throw. That was a bad, among others. Yeah, I, I don't know that he saw the guy. I, I you know, uh, the guy did reach back and make a nice catch, uh, but it was kind of thrown right at him. So he, whether he did didn't see him or not, um, he got he got confused on that play because I don't. You know, there was a rush and the, and the guy's arms up. Maybe he's not seeing that, or he thinks he can force it over the guy's head. Uh, but that that's typically not what you see from Kirk Cousins. You know, to me, uh, yeah, Kirk's had those games where, like the co- the Cowboys games, that were him coupled with the the play calling, um, just got too conservative and didn't take chances. And then we saw the you know the blowout after that, uh, the where they decided you know kit the ball to Jefferson, take some chances, and they did that. Uh, what I what I saw the difference in him this time was uh, typically what we've seen this year at the end of games, whenever it's kind of two minute. Hurry up! You got it's desperation time. He's on the move and he's hitting crisp shots and, he, and he's got great accuracy. He's got he's got an arm that can make all the throws. Uh, what this what we saw this time was more along the lines of what you see from Garoppolo because uh, Garoppolo in that first half was you know pr- pretty bad. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, Kirk needed to be sharper on those throws in that second half and uh, just wasn't there when any, when they needed it. It you know. I- and I think that's who he is. I, I think he gets, you know, and nervous sometimes. He anticipates uh, pressure that's not there. He anticipates problems that not, not. And I, you know, on the other side of the coin, it's a very difficult position to play. And all these, these, these decisions you have to make, and and you know, and knowing where someone's going to be or where they're going to be in their split second, it's difficult as hell. But I don't think the game's ever going to slow down enough in Kirk's mind 
to make him be that elite player that, you know, like Aaron Rodgers, who's, who's, it's just tracking in his head or Tom Brady, who is just, you know, he knows what he's going to do three steps before he does it. And, uh, smoothly and coolly delivers these passes under intense pressure. I don't know if Kirk's got that, unfortunately. Well, yeah, but but in 101, 101 or two years of NFL football, there's only been two or three guys that you're talking about. You know, there's only five or whatever. You know, that they don't exist except for the – that's why they're who they are. Uh, you can win with Kirk, but if you're, if you're sitting here thinking that Kirk should become – or is going to become Tom Brady or is going to become Aaron Rodgers – then uh, you're going to be waiting a long time because that's that's not going to happen. That's what makes those guys so great. And Kirk's not great. He's not elite, but he's a guy you can win with. He's a guy that, you know, uh, we've attached how much he makes to his name almost laughingly like in the past and uh, that he's got to live up to that. Uh, he has, in some of these games this year, he's put himself in that position where he's earned that money. He's He's capable of this stuff. So, uh, and he's done it before uh, this year. Um, you know, it, it, Kirk Cousins is not the reason they lost that game. You know, not at all. Um, they kind of they kind of needed him. You know, to bail him out like he's been doing, and he and he, and he just didn't throw the, the ball crisply enough. I guess I, I'm not saying that he's got to be a um, a Brady or a Rodgers, whoever. What I'm saying is, you know. I guess what we're finding out is Kirk is not going to win the Super Bowl alone. He's going to need the good line. He's going to need those star receivers. He's going to need the defense to do their job, and and the defense didn't do that on Sunday. The defense gave up two hundred and eight yards rushing, which is just impossible to to win a ball game with. I don't care who you are. Now, granted, they're missing their entire starting for, uh, front line, which is supposed to stop the run. But boy, they got. They got they got trucked. They got run over, and and the the San Francisco 49ers never for a minute thought that uh, they couldn't do it. They just kept firing Elijah Mitchell at them, and and Vikings didn't stop them. And and you know where do we go with that? Can can that can is there gonna is is Pierce gonna come in ever come back? Is is will we get Dalvin Tomlinson back to plug up the middle? Uh, is 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 Everson Griffiths gonna be back this year? Is he done? You know, it, it's 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 uh, it, we're going to see more of this as the as the, the season goes on. If, if this is if this is the case, if these guys don't return. Oh, sure, certainly. I mean, that was. I mean, two of the guys, Bauer and uh, T. Y. Smith, or whoever the guy was, the, the practice squad guy. Um, you know, these are guys that that came in on Wednesday. Or um, you know, That's a Bauer. Point. I mean, I, I, let's, let's say okay. It's, it's August. We're standing around, and you go, hey, you know what? Week 12, uh, 11th game of the year, Sheldon Richardson's going to be your primary right defensive end. Uh, number 50, the Smith guy, is going to be you know, your primary backup interior guy. You know, it's it's they were down to their JV or freshman team. Those guys played their asses off. But – you know, there, there's a reason that the guys start in the league and there's a reason that guys are backups and there's a reason that guys are on the street or uh, with the Patriots practice squad and you sign him on Wednesday and he comes in and he ends up playing a significant role. I mean, they did the best they could and, but, but they, they just, it's not, they weren't good enough because they're not frontline players. And also what the, you know, the reason there was so much complaining about holding is because Eric Kendricks was getting held. Well, the reason Eric Kendricks is getting held is because, you know, typically when that when they that offensive line when they have what you know the, the Pierces and the Tomlinsons and 
the guys that can hold the hold the line, you know, Kendricks, who's not a big linebacker, is free to move around. Well, he he was in traffic all day long trying to fight his way through not only good blocks, but yeah, they they're they're a grabby team and they're not they're not I can see I can see Zimmer's point a little bit at that they kind of figured out that if they hold on every play, it's not going to get called every play. Uh, and they're not the only teams that do that. I mean, it, you know, uh, maybe they need to teach uh, Udo how to hold better or something. I don't know. It's like there, you know, th- but there was uh, there was one on bar where 75 got uh, number 75 got two holding penalties. The one on bar in the red zone, which they called, he just he takes bar and wraps his arms around him and just tackled him in the middle of the line. So, uh, yeah, but that got called. So there were there were calls on them for holding. Uh, just not enough in Mike Zimmer's eyes. Uh, what do you think about that? Is it is it was it just so egregious that Zim had to mention it, or is 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 he grasping at the last lifelines to 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 keep this team afloat? Because you know when you start chirping about it in the media, it it, it, it signals a new level of of frustration. And even though it was legit, I mean, you got you got uh, what's his name afterwards, George Kittle, you know, ripping. Well, they should play better. Then it, you know, yeah. in other words, admitting, yeah, we're going to hold you, so make better plays. Okay, well, you know, I'd love, I'd, I'd, I'd like to see some of the referees respond and just, you know, call twenty penalties on the, those turkeys next week. But uh, you know, that's that's a little concerning that from Zim. I, he, he's he, he's clearly frustrated, uh, and I will I will take in and the way in my in our profession, I will take any honest answer or opinion or thought that comes from a podium <laughs> because yeah, I'm so tired of everybody just saying what they need to say, what they think it will play right. Well, uh, you know, Zimmer has, uh, when it comes to injuries, Zimmer will deceive and deny and not say anything. But when it comes to like situations like that, he's got enough fire in his belly that or a lot of fire in his belly that he'll say what he thinks needs to be said uh, I like it. You know, people can say it's whining or whatever, but you know, my goodness, let's, can we just have some, like when you ask a question, someone answer it in a way that is how they feel or the truth or something that gives us some reality about what it is. I mean, it used to be back in the day, guys just answer things. You know, now it's like, I think it's like, well, if I answer it this way, I'm going to get destroyed for saying this, so they don't say anything, and then when, and when they people do say something, they're like, "Oh, why do you say that? He's whining. He's this, that, that, that." You know, just I, I can see sometimes why they don't say anything, but when they do say stuff that's interesting and and honest and thought provoking, I really appreciate it. And I hats off. I you know if, if that's how he felt and he was complaining about it with the officials all the game, I'm glad he he told us about it. He'll probably I, I think he probably got fined because. Uh, but who knows? Uh, you mean if like did, playoffs? Playoffs? We're talking yeah, about just, playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jerry Burns used to tell tell it like he felt it. Yeah, he. Uh, yeah, see, give me give me those days. It just uh, my goodness. Yeah, it's such a it's such a just a whitewashed uh, like shined up uh, presentation of every single person's answer. It just gets so tiring, and uh, I. Bring back the old days where you say what say what you mean. Um, 
Russell, what are we going to do about this defense? I mean, uh, uh, they, they, you know, we got the offensive line or the defensive line certainly has issues and they got to get some bodies back in there or else this is going to be the long second half of the season against much easier teams. And they played, you know, I, I, I was, I had a note in here about Mac uh, McKenzie Alexander had a tough game. He was ch- seemed to be chasing guys through the slot and not catching up to him in time. It, you know, do you think he's? You think we're getting from him what what they thought they were going to get when they brought him back? I mean, you know, he came rushing back after one year. Was it Cincinnati or Cleveland? He was at. I can't C- remember. Cincinnati. And uh, wanted to come back and play for Zim, and I, I, I was, I was very excited about that. But I, you know, I, I'm just lukewarm on it now. Maybe it's a, it's a result of just the whole defense playing bad, and you, you, you're going to have troubles. But I, I, I'm just not seeing what I was hoping to get out of him. What do you think? Well, I think well. Early in the year, I thought he was playing very well. Uh, you know, Sunday, I, yeah, Sunday there's a red zone, a uh, pass into the red zone, and then a touchdown. And he kind of a little bit loose coverage. You know, part of this also is you know rushing coverage go together. You know, and if you're having a defensive line that's four backups, uh, basically, and you know, again, backups to backups. Uh, you're, you're probably not going to get on the in the back end what you normally get. So they, it's a combination. It's a team, you yeah. know, puzzle there. Uh, uh, but as far as getting bodies back, you know, uh, Tomlinson, if he tests, if he tests negative, can you know he can c- come back uh, on Sunday. He's vaccinated. Uh, He's vaccinated. Tomlinson. Uh, you know, I don't know. Okay. Uh, I don't think he is. I don't think he is. I, but well, whatever. But uh, Pierce. Uh, you know, we thought he's going to be back, you know, weeks ago. Uh, so when it gets to this point, sort of like Daniel Hunter, when he wasn't showing up last year in, in training camp, and it's like, uh, it doesn't matter what you say until he actually comes back. So I, I wouldn't count on him anytime soon. Um, Everson, uh, you know, Everson's got more important things to worry about and his family, and he needs to take care of that. I you know, would be stunned if Everson you know, plays football again this year. Uh, and this might be it for Everson with football because he's got more important things to worry about right now. His, yeah. his family and football is in, so, so insignificant. It's not even funny right now for him uh, and his family and for every, anyone who really ca- who cares about it. Um, so yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be tough sledding the rest of the way. Now the lot, you know, it's a good, could be a good time to play the lions. I'd be a little nervous with that zero over on that left-hand column. Um, but you know, this is this is this is a good week to go get back to six and six and have everything going back the other way. Um, yeah, it, it it it's right now. It's not a defense that can a may, might not even get you to the playoffs, but b once you get there, it's not gonna it's not gonna do anything for you. You got to be playing better, getting better at this point, and they seem to be going backwards. Let's take a quick break at this point so I can regroup and. Uh, you know, go take a couple of shots of tequila so I can, you know, get through the rest of this. But, uh, um, oh, no, Grey Duck. Cato Brewery. Grey, oh, there's me and Cato. Oh, you're, oh, you're on to that shilling part. Okay. Anyway, uh, we'll, we'll step out and be back with more discussion of what's going on with the Purple. All right, we're back with uh, Mark Craig for Vikings Territory Breakdown and trying to figure out what's going on with this team. I, I did want to ask this question um, just because I thought it was full, hilarious. That was the worst Hail Mary at halftime that I'd ever seen 
in in my life. I, what, but I, my question: What was Kirk so mad about? Someone ran the wrong place, or you know, because he threw it out of the bounds to the to the left sideline when he was about the fifty, so he could probably get it down there close where they could have done something with it. But uh, do you know what happened there at all? Why 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 he? Well, it? yeah, I, I try. I asked about three questions on that, and he had, came up with the same one. Just uh, he just he just said, "Well, we're just disappointed that we didn't get a chance to kick a field goal." Well, they passed it. You pass up. You pass up a sixty-four yarder, which you know. End at the half. You see teams go for that, and I think Joseph's got the leg to make attempt it. Um, so to me, you either do that or you do the hail mary. Um, and I think what Kirk was upset about is the fact that they were moving so slow because uh, they only had twelve seconds. I mean, they had a nice return by Kanae to the forty. So at that point, you're like, okay, we, we, you got that little extra yardage. Let's take a big chunk and then another big chunk. And kick a field goal or whatever. Uh, it just they just didn't seem to have the right uh, play or the play depths. I mean, I think Thielen was on the right side, ran kind of a short route. I think Kirk and he went he ran he went sprinting up to uh, up to Janoko, the quarterbacks coach. And I think his complaint was probably more with the with Kubiak or uh, the call, uh, but he wouldn't say that. But you know, to me, he I think he was upset with the tempo and the fact that he didn't have any deep target. To, to, to target, I don't think. Uh, but, again, at that point, throw it somewhere, you know, to give yourself a chance to do, I don't know, make a break break a tackle or something. But, yeah, that, that whole thing was uh, just uh, – and we've seen that a couple – or at least one other time this year where the, the end of the half, you're just like, well, what, you know, what happened? And you're seeing that with offense and defense. The defense gave up yet another uh, touchdown there uh, in the final two minutes. Um, to bring it to uh, what the total is now, 73 points or whatever. Um, Most in the league. Yeah, so – and then you're seeing, uh, you know, then they come back. I mean, there's a span of about eight minutes of clock time where it went from 14-7 uh, Vikings to 28-14. So, uh, you know, they just can't have those swings on the road. It's, you know, especially whenever the defense opens up. The defense is very strong on opening drives this year. Only given up 16 points. They, they come up with an interception. It's their second interception on the first drives this year. Uh, so, you know, that end of that half is something that they need to get figured out. Yeah, I, I, I heard somewhere it was like four minutes, 21 points in four minutes, clock time. That's, that's Well, it depends you know, on when, when the drive starts and everything. You know, you know, um, but, yeah, it's – But one, the first score to the last score was four, four. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, I, I just wanted to say that uh, to further uh, demonstrate Zimmer's frustration point after the game, uh, K-Fan interviewer Greg Coleman asked Zim about the, the halftime, uh, the, the last two minutes before halftime struggles. And he says, he says, uh, kind of reared its ugly head again. And Zimmer says, yes, it did. On to the next question. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, I mean, what, what can you say to that? Uh, um. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if he's ever had to answer any questions about that from you guys, you know, or if he has. Oh, it's, it's been a routine one. Uh, and well, you know, I, he was asked, I asked him about that because I ended up writing about the uh, – it's starting with the, the, the holding penalty on Peterson on Kittle where you get him stopped on third and eight, but uh, there was a holding penalty. Uh, and you know, that's at about four minutes or whatever. And I asked him about, you know, once again, you, you – know, you had him stop, but then it kept going, going, going. And he said, well, it's not like it was a two-minute drill because it started with four, 
And he said, uh, you know, we were 14-14 at half. He goes, I wasn't too upset. So he kind of went back and forth on that one. But, uh, you know, it's uh, – and Kendricks has been asked about it quite a few times, I think. And he was – you know, he admitted, yeah, it's it's a combat to a lot of things. Well, one of it's probably this time personnel, just not having that defensive front. Um you know, things are uh, – teams typically going, are going up-tempo, so they're kind of keeping you on your heels a little bit. And so, yeah, it's just you got to play faster in those two minutes. Yeah, it's it's a problem that's 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 uh, – well, it's ever-present, and they got to do something about it if they want to do anything because, you know, those those points – loom large as the game goes on, you know, you're after once the halftime comes, you're, you're starting to feel the pressure of the clock. And, and, uh, we know and I, w- I will say, you know, last week we talked about this and I, I put, you know, cause uh, there was a three and out right before the, you know, the you've got, we get to that two minutes where they had third and one and they had the, the toss toss sweep to, uh, to CJ ham, which I thought, you know, if you go with Dalvin cook in that situation or you don't get cutesy there offensively, you take another two, you, you don't even put your defense back on the field in that situation. So I thought last week the offensive share, uh, offense shared in the blame on this ongoing trend for the defense. Yeah. Um, speaking of the offense, you, you tweeted this yesterday during the game, or should say Sunday. That's uh, 10 holding penalties for you, you Udo on the season. I just wanted to say, is that is that a lot? Is that too many? Bro? That's a lot. <laughs> That's leading the league, I believe. I think eight of them are accepted or whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, maybe send him to San Francisco and teach him how to hold a little, little better. I, I although they're they're one guy got two, so they were calling them some of them. Um, is any changes coming up there? I saw uh, somebody tweeted the fact that maybe you're going to see if uh, Bradbury come back. Who's back, who was out first with, I think, uh, COVID and has just, you know, uh, they put in Mason Cole to replace him and has done pretty well in three of the four games that maybe uh, Bradbury comes back in at right guard for Udo. Is, is that a possibility, you think, or Wyatt Davis or anything else? Or Yeah, I mean, uh, after losses, typically, you know, things could happen. It's, you know, you're going to Detroit. Uh, you know, I, whenever they played Detroit at home and we were all talking about, no, is is Darisaw going to play? Or does Darisaw? Well, no, he's not ready. Blah blah. My thing was this is the perfect time to start Darisaw. You know, at home against the Lions, I think he, he rotated in that game it was his first game at left tackle. And others were saying, you know, oh, they, you know, they're, he's not ready. Well, that to me, it's like now or never. And he proved that he was ready. Now, yet that's a first round draft pick there. Uh, Wyatt Davis is not a first round draft pick, um, and there's a reason why I haven't seen him seen him yet. So, but. I think eventually, you know, you, you might see him. Uh, I, I think he could be the center of the future because right now the center, right now, there isn't much difference between a first-round draft pick and Bradbury and a guy that you paid bargain basement price for, Mason Cole, and free agency. So, uh, and against <laughs> against Kenny Clark, uh, we get to put the Packers. I mean, there were some plays where I know they beat the Packers, and that's one reason Cole's starts a, again th- this past week against the 49ers. But – there were plays where Mason Cole got blown up by Kenny Clark. So, uh, you know, Bradbury, I could may possibly come back or maybe Cole plays guard. Um, but I, I just don't see it right now. I, but, you know, 
there's enough on this team to where you're you're trying to get by to be to like maybe cling to some continuity that's gotten you some big you know got you a big win and got you a nice win in in uh, Los Angeles got you a huge win against the Packers um you know I, I think you stay you stay with what you got and you try and you don't go tinkering with a spot that's one of the few spots that's been healthy um, here's my 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 play calling question of the week. I I I did enjoy the flea flicker. Was very successful. Adam Thielen on the left side. I did enjoy the uh, halfback. You know, pass it to one guy and he passes it over to Jefferson on the right side and he sprints down for those. Those were fun. Okay, I guess you can't do those every series, but they're fun. But here's a play that I just for and it's not just Clint Kubiak's problem. Maybe it's Wilson Stads or something, but it's a play that's been around with for Kirk for several years and probably several coordinators. He 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 fake plaques into the line and then he turns around and he, he sprints back and he, he acts like he has all the time in the world. He actually turns his back to the field, downfield, and then turns around and says, Okay, what do I got here? Sorry, Kirk, you just don't have that much time. You're too slow for it. Don't take your eyes because all of a sudden then he's got to find somebody quick in a in a in a short window, and it's just not going to happen. And this has been part of their offense for years with him, and it just drives me nuts. He he acts like after all the game of running his tail off, he acts like oh they're going to hold him out on this one and not and not get in his face. What who what is this play and why are why well. You know, that that's a play that I've talked about before, probably on this podcast or, or certainly other places um, where he turns to his left. And it seems like in almost every single time the unblocked guy is right there. And I don't I don't I don't understand the scheme or the concept or uh, and I don't profess to know I'm not uh, Norv Turner or uh, Bill Walsh or anything anyone like that. But I don't understand. Yeah, you said that he's not the fastest guy in the world. Not the quickest guy in the world. He can move a little bit, but it seems like the unblocked guy is always the guy that's right there in his face. And they and there's a tell, there's a, some sort of tell in that play because the guy almost inevitably is right there on him. And there's a we saw at the end we saw it at the end of some of the games last year that were three and outs where you're just like they got done and it's like that's all you got, you know. It was you know like a frantic throw to check down or just throw it to right. Dalvin's shoelaces or you know, uh, situations like that where, yeah, I, I think I'd go, that one's out, you know, and we have, but we see it. We still see it a lot. I, I agree. I, I have that play is so slow developing. I have time to get up off of my chair, throw my purple brick at the TV, and it's still completed quicker than Kirk's completed. Anyway, all right. A little, well, what, what are, the next, next podcast, we have a 40-yard dash, Oberly versus Kirk. Bring it. And we'll do it. Well, I mean, you know, a, a younger, you know, he's got, you know, if if they'll pay me part of his salary, I'll I'll do it. I'll do it. Well, how much part? Fifty bucks? Yeah. That, hey, that's good enough for me to, you know, break one pull, of my pull, yeah. to pull both hamstrings. Yeah. Exactly. Um, speaking of uh, speed, Kane Nuangu with his uh, second. Uh, 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 Kickoff return, just funner than heck to watch. Now he, now there's been six in the league this year, and he has two of them. That's a third of the the kickoff returns for touchdowns in the league. Um, I'm not going to sit here and rail that we don't see a, enough of him in the offense because we're. Well, really he, he, you will, you yeah. will. We are going to see him this week, but uh, 
you know, I, I saw some uh, fights online about why he should be in there, and it didn't seem to appear on that one play that Kirk is getting drilled about going under the right guard instead of under center that uh, Nwangu knew where he was supposed to be. I, maybe it was the same play. I'm not sure. But I don't know if he's 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 got all the packages. I heard him talking on the radio after the game. Somebody asked, yeah, I just got to make sure I know where, what my assignments are and, and you know, because they were talking about him playing more. And so I don't know if he's uh, – he, he might be have all the, the athletic ability in the world, but I don't know if he's uh, uh, up to speed on, on everything that he well, needs to do that much of the yeah. offense. I mean, pass protection for rookie running backs is the biggest issue. You know, if you're yeah. uh, pass protection and ball security. Now, his speed is, and we saw in training camp, he was he was the head turner. He was the guy that you just said, "Wow, you know, this guy stands out." But a lot of times, running backs do that. Even like a Mike Boone, who wasn't even drafted, uh, was a guy like that for me. Chad uh, Beebe was a guy like that. You know, but those are kind of undrafted, unknown guys. This guy was a little more known. Uh, I will say that that the blocking on that touchdown was as good as you will ever see an NFL kick return being blocked. Yeah. The hole was so big that I think Joe Oberly could have made it to the 50, at least 40, maybe maybe 35. But no, he, I mean, I, he hit that hole. And I, you know, my first thought as, as it is when in the NFL, when any good play happens, any kind of excitement happens, any kind of cheering goes on, you know, where's the flag, you know, where is, but right. there was no, no flag on that uh, because the, it was blocked so well. And then you, you watch it back on, uh, on, on TV where you can see a real closer angle from behind. And it's like, it's a double on the left. There's a double team on the right and it just opened up and, and there's nobody going to catch him. The kicker was the only one that was there and he had no chance. Um, so yeah, we're going mean, to with Dalvin, you know, Dalvin's not going to be back anytime soon. Uh, so you're going to see this guy uh, with with Madison, and uh, you know my, you know they got to be careful with how they use him because he's not going to be a. I don't think he's going to be a great blitz pickup guy. You know, like Dalvin. Uh, yeah. You know the difference between Dalvin and Adrian Peterson size wise is, is tremendous. I mean, Dalvin is compact and he's 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 built and everything, but Adrian was had this big frame and everything. Adrian couldn't block like Dalvin blocked. Uh, the week before on that one uh, blitz pickup that he had against the Packers. Um, so think we'll see him back this year, Cook? Uh, you know, I mean, that's it that seemed like a pretty bad, uh, you know, you got a tear, you got a separation. And when he, when he came down and hit his elbow, he went immediately to that. And obviously writhing in pain. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say, but I, I would say you got what, Guys, I would guess no, but I don't know. I, I have yeah. no, you know, don't we don't know at this point, and I don't think anyone knows at this point. But for a guy to take at that position to have to take that kind of pounding on your shoulders, um, I would be surprised if we see him back anytime soon. Well, they do have some relative depth there, and uh, maybe this will be just great, you know, really good uh, uh, pr- uh, seasoning for for Nuangu. So it's in in that respect, we can. At least watch him as the season goes into the crapper. Anyway, uh, a couple more injuries. I just want to ask. Have, have you seen the NFC? Have you seen the NFC standings? We'll get to that. We'll just hang on. They're all they're all in the crapper. Yeah, that's true. Uh, just a couple more injuries, real quick. 
Christian Derrissaw and Anthony Barr. I know you don't probably know anything yet on those guys. And then and Patrick Peterson's out with COVID. So, you know, we're going to be shorthanded again. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, Peterson could come back in time. Um, he's vaccinated. He, he just got a test negative twice. Uh, but he did pet, test positive. So I don't know how long it takes you to test negative after that. Uh, you know, Barr has a hamstring, and Barr's history with injuries, I, I would anticipate him not being in. Darisaw was, uh, we were told, was re- was able to come back at the end, would have been, could have come back at the end. Uh, so I, it's a possibility that you, you know, uh, that he'll he'll play. Uh, yeah, so you're, you're you're getting banged up, and oh, you know, but what you're seeing on the defensive line is kind of what we saw last year with how the injuries, yeah. you know, just like a, like a firestorm through the defense and. Um, so yeah, it's, I think they got enough firepower to beat Detroit. If, if, uh, they can withstand this, the, the surge that the lions each week are going to have to get that first win, which is a real thing, you know, guys wanting to not be attached to the worst teams in history. Um, so yeah, it's, but that, you know, that gets you back to six and six and in the NFC, I mean, that's, you just kind of tread water and see what happens at the end. Well, you know, like these other guys, I'm in pain. So we're, we're going to take a real quick break here and see if I'll come back for the rest of the show because uh, uh, I should be on the injured reserve with this team. Anyway, uh, we'll be right back with Vikings Territory Breakdown. And we're back. Mark, uh, before we head into a little more in-depth on the on the Lions, the opponent for this week as they're heading to Motown. Talk to me about that. We got to go back to Kirk just a little bit, but of a different vein. You had quite an interesting conversation with him this week, and uh, I know that you guys are you're saying you were pl- planning on a story on Everson Griffin, and then that got yanked for obvious reasons, and so you had to scramble. And you got a one-on-one with Kirk Cousins, and I thought it was an interesting uh, read uh, because it seemed like every, every question you asked him, he was chuckling, and <laughs> you know, uh, kind of yeah. We- <clears throat> Yeah, we were going to do Dalvin Tomlinson, but he got got COVID, which is in this today's world, it's like your guys, your guy could get a COVID uh, if so before Sunday. Oh, uh, with Kirk, it was uh, the part that you know came across to me was I don't think Kirk is is comfortable with this whole you know Mike Zimmer's you know saying I you know they're 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 two, two totally different people. Different sides of the ball, different eras. That's kind of how I led the story. Of these, the differences in these guys, and to me, it was the Kirk was kind of like saying, "Hey, it's not just uh, me, you know, being like all of a sudden coming out and being more aggressive. It's, hey, you know, I was more aggressive because the play calling was more aggressive. The coach's approach to the game was more uh, aggressive. And this has kind of been a theme. If you go back and play some clips of Jay Gruden and some exchanges between, it's just kind of been Kirk's." Uh, recurring theme with uh, coaches and Kirk of them saying, well, you know, you need to take a shot. Uh, I think back in 2017, Jay Gruden said something like, or Kirk had told uh, Sports Illustrated, and this was in the story, uh, that uh, if I played the way that Coach Gruden wanted me to play, I'd throw 20 interceptions. And then Gruden said, but you'd throw 60 touchdowns. Uh, so you see a little bit of that with Zimmer now. And uh, yeah, and the other part of it, well, I, another part that I found uh, interesting is him talking about, hey, in this building, it, the pressure that's on Zimmer and and Cousins is probably unique to those two. Now I'd throw Spielman in there too, but he said that that's that's unique to us too. That 
So it's good to share the weight now, like the the burden of them having these meetings and watching third downs and talking about uh, football and just the approach, offense, defense. Uh, they should have been doing it before, um, but that's just not how the two of them are. Yeah. Um, but it's good. It's good that they're doing. I think it helps. It's. Uh, uh, he said that by Zimmer telling him, you know, it's okay to throw an interception. I'm not going to go out and throw them on purpose or be much. I'm not going to play much differently than I always play. Uh, so I think you see Kirk kind of pushing back a little bit on this narrative that uh, suddenly those two games was like, you know, Zimmer, you know, got his Rubik's cube and figured out Kirk Cousins and changed him. And Kirk's kind of been like, hey, I'm not, you know, I haven't changed. Uh, he, he, to me, he impresses me, Kirk, that is, uh, has a comfort zone that he wants to play the position in, that he's able to, and he should know that better than anybody else. But at some point, if it's not getting the job done, Kirk, you got to start, you got to look beyond yourself and, you know, you got you to push the envelope a little bit. Well, Maybe- yeah, no, one, one, the one question that he did laugh, uh, I, you know, I just phrased it this way. I said, hey, you know, uh, never played the position. Um, don't know what goes through your head, but I said sometimes does that big brain of yours get in the way of the the talent and your arm ability? And he laughed and said, "Oh, sometimes coaches do." And then he said, "When he's that's when he said the um, say so he's laughing about it." And he goes, "Well, if uh, they tell you just go play, you go play. Or if they um, if they're aggressive, I'm aggressive. But if they say and he rattled off some big quarterback speak sentence about." If I drop back seven stop drop one hitch two hitch make sure it goes here if this happens make sure you go there if this happens so in other words he's saying if they tell me to put all these things in my head they're all in my head uh, and if they don't I don't uh, now I agree with you and I think a lot of people do agree that you know there's probably reaches a point where he needs to be not as uh, methodical and play that way but that's not how he sees it and I like that in fact that he talked about that. Yeah, yeah, it's a fascinating read. If anybody wants to catch last Sunday's Tribune, and it was uh, it was fun to see. It, it was uh, you reacting on the fly, and and uh, you you dug out you dug out a, a nice collar or a nice piece out of it. So, yeah, yeah. oh, thank you. And then uh, the other thing was just kind of like this the record. It's not all just Kirk Cousins. I mean, we saw like you know Lamar Jackson on Sunday night gets a win for beating Cleveland with a with four interceptions. Uh, and some 42 passer rating. Three, uh, three, and, three and three consecutive drives yeah. before the half. I've say, I yeah. said a note to you. Should we lighten up on Kirk just a little bit? That's what he's gotten the whole season. So, yeah, there is some – There is sometimes the context on quarterback records uh, need to be maybe explored. But um, it was – Kirk had going into last week's game – Kirk had started 57 games for the uh, for Washington and 57 games for the Vikings. His record in Washington was 26, 30, and one, and his record with the Vikings was 30, 26, and one, putting him at 56, 56, and two. And that's kind of been that's followed him. That whole he's a 500 quarterback has followed him just consistently throughout his career. Uh, he's a good quarterback, and again, it's uh, you got to have context in all 107 or eight starts or whatever it is. Uh, but he just hasn't been able to pull out of that 500 
uh, you know, thing that's going on. Now, granted, you know, last year, it's not his fault that the entire defense was decimated. Um, but, yeah, it's just kind of fascinating how that that has always followed him. I mean, uh, and one thing I liked about him when you're asking him about how he'd be remembered and stuff like that, yeah, he's 33, he's durable, hasn't missed a game and uh, by injury, and is, since he's become a starter, he's never been out. The only time he missed a game was at the end of the seven, or 19 season where Zimmer rested the starters before the Saints game. Uh, if Zimmer hadn't done that, Kirk would lead the league with 107 or eight consecutive starts at quarterback. Uh, right now, Tom Brady, you know, 100 year old Tom Brady is the guy is the Iron Man at quarterback with like 87 consecutive starts. So it's uh, he, he just kind of said, you know, uh, you know, obviously I'm just worried about this week about you know my my story has not been told; it's unfolding, and so, but I think. Uh, the story needs to have a happy ending this year for it to be um, to continue for, for much longer in Minnesota, because like he said, he and Zimmer, a lot of pressure on them to win. And they, I think they got to win this year. Yeah. I'd just like to see another different chapter to uh, maybe go out this week, have a different chapter of what we've seen from all the chapters this week, go out and beat it. Alliance team that are zero 10 and one and are, you know, they, they play hard every week, the lions, but they just, uh, they can't get it done. And uh, it shouldn't be any different this week. And the Vikings, you know, it, it all depends on how they're going to show up. I don't want to analyze the, the lions too much because there's not a lot to say there. They're, well, they are another team that, that, you know, is going to play you hard, but what do you think looking at this one, Mark? Well, it's uh, I, I write for the for the Wednesday paper, um, you know, and it's been twenty years difference. But uh, in twenty years, the Vikings have gone to Detroit in December, trying to make the playoffs, and faced a winless Lions team that went no wins and had ten or more losses. Two thousand one, they go there, and the Lions play them, and they they the Lions beat the Vikings. Vikings were five and seven. Denny Green was five and seven. This year's team's five and six. The Lions team was 0-12 and coached by a first-year uh, guy, uh, Marty Morningweg. This Lions team's coached by a first-year guy, Dan Campbell. Oh and when they, beat, when they beat the Vikings in 2001, I don't. Uh, I, I remember watching it. I wasn't covering them at the time, but watching on TV, Johnny Morton, the receiver, throwing his helmet in the air. They act, and one guy, you know, I looked, went back through the clips, and one guy said, it's like we won the Super Bowl and everything. So, Playing to get that first win is a real thing. Uh, so the Vikings obviously got to be aware of that. They're going to, you know, uh, the Lions have, uh, obviously they tied Pittsburgh without Ben Roethlisberger. Five uh, one-score games. Uh, yeah, uh, three of them last second field goals, including a uh, record 66-yarder by the, the the Ravens, who are leading the AFC record-wise, uh, to beat them 19-17. And then the Vikings game. A 54-yarder as time expired by Greg Joseph that saved the Vikings a lot of humili- uh, humiliation by they had a 10-point lead with like two and a half minutes left and ended up needing the last-second field goal to win at 19-17. So this is a team that, yeah, they've had some – the Philadelphia game, they got blown out. Uh, they've had some games where they've gotten blown out, but they've also had half of their losses, one-score games, and three of those five are last-second you know field goals. So – and uh, the Bears, you know, I mean, the Vikings are a better team than the Bears. So, but the Bears went there and 
a lot of chatter about uh, Nagy's job security, and you know they barely get out of there on Thanksgiving with a win. Now, and also the Lions have also had an extra extra rest before this game, so I don't think the Vikings lose the game, but uh, I'd be a little nervous if I was. If you take them lightly, you'll get beat. So that's a prediction. No, uh, the prediction is they'll win. And actually, last week I. I changed my prediction from I picked the Vikings on here last week, but then yeah. I a day later uh, you got a <laughs> tackle going on on COVID, and then Everson. Uh, what happened with Everson? Uh, just didn't see that they had enough uh, firepower up front to slow uh, a team that can control the ball for forty minutes. Oh, I changed my prediction when they were on fourth and goal. Okay, so what the <laughs> hell? There you go. <laughs> yeah. Be able to gamble that way. Anyway, I think the Vikings will win this week. I think they're still pissed off. I mean, they're still playing hard. I the the, the uh, um, playoffs chances are there. I mean, you 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 sent me over the note. You know, talk about that where you got all these teams at five and six. They're tied with with the Saints and the Falcons, and now Washington at five and six. Washington has the playoff spot at the moment, but that will be a fluid thing. But you know, you were saying how. What is it? They're either top heavy. The NFC is either top heavy, or uh, uh, they're all just bad. Well, I mean, obviously you've got uh, the Packers and the Buccaneers, and you know teams that can win the Super Bowl, and, and the Cardinals have got the best trigger in football. They're they're a good team. Uh, but you know what's what's interesting is five and six. If you're in the AFC, you're the thir- you're thirteenth out of sixteen teams. Five and six in the NFC gets you the seventh you know, playoff spot, which is Washington right now. <clears throat> and then you have the Vikings. Atlanta and New Orleans are also five and six. Uh, and then, you you know, Philadelphia is five and seven. Yeah. I think everybody in the NFC probably is in uh, – maybe not Seattle. They're three and eight now. Yeah. But even Seattle, if they became Seattle again – could get back in it. The only team that's out of it in the, in the NFC is obviously Detroit. Um, is that because all these teams are just evenly matched, evenly coached, or, you know, what the heck's going on here? I mean, it's going to – yeah, you know, Pete Roselvi is still alive. I would love it because it's going to go down yeah. to a few weeks of the year. But uh, Well, that's everything the NFL has done since that, that era is designed for this to happen. And, I've joked and I said as they expand the, the season, they expand the playoffs. I said eventually we're going to see like one, like a uh, a bowl, like the college bowl system where a guy makes a makes the playoffs, but he doesn't coach because he gets fired. <laughs> you know, I mean, you can have a seven and ten team make the playoffs, or you know, I don't think you'll see that in the AFC, but the NFC you could certainly see that. Um, so. At the Patriots as the best team in the league, you said. And I, my question is to you: Are they cheating again? Yeah. Well, if they're <laughs> not trying, if you're not cheating, right? I guess. Um, no, I, I, they're just the best coach team in the league. It's um, you know just watching. You know that you, as you as you watch how their quarterback plays, how you watch their defense play. Um, but you you, know, you just watch some of the great analysts on TV, like, like Dan Orlovsky, I think, is a fantastic guy to watch on ESPN, how he'll break things down. and just It's his delivery. It's his knowledge. Uh, sometimes I wonder if, if he was as good a quarterback as he was, as he is an analyst. Uh, I'd be 
close to Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he, I, I just like I enjoy watching when they 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 show you things that were the examples of where the, the Patriots are doing some things that, uh, you know, it's just great. You know, coaching is very important in this league. Talent obviously is is you know you got to have the talent, but uh, when you have a rookie quarterback, uh, last of the five taken in the first round, he comes to you. You don't have to go up and get him, and you are. Lee, you know, you're eight and four. Uh, you've won six in a row. Uh, that's impressive. So coaching is important. Does that mean the Vikings are not being coached well since they're five and six? Well, maybe if they if they weren't coached well, they'd be uh, three and eight or whatever. I, I don't know. I mean, it's the one thing you can say oh, about you the Vikings. That one. You dodged that one. I can't no, no. Well, I just say I – the one thing you could say about the Vikings, the only thing, the pushback I had on when they were three and five was he'd lost the team. I he didn't lose the team. If he lost the team, he'd be getting blown out. And I mean, um, they gave up 208 yards rushing on on Sunday, but that that defensive line played as hard as it possibly could play. I mean, there was no. I don't think they embarrassed themselves. They with with their effort, uh, they got the most out of what they had and. That's part of coaching, and uh, you know it's not perfect. Uh, I'm sure there's could be better coaches come in, but I think for what where you're at right now, if you went and fired him when it was three and five, you know you wouldn't you wouldn't if you went and fired him when it was three and five, you would not be five and six right now. You would be whatever, you know, yeah, three and seven. Whatever. Coaching matters, but they can make mistakes. Uh, you 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 sent me this note about uh, the Colts outsmarted themselves their coach did Frank Wright who gets so much so much praise for for what he's done in, in Indianapolis but he he basically uh kept uh, the best running back in the league from the past past few weeks Jonathan Taylor on the bench you know didn't wasn't running him at all and and I know you weren't happy to see but I was because I was going against him in fantasy football like so I actually got a win on there was a nice clip uh, in that game where uh, they showed they showed a shot of the fan and the fan Zimmer should have this hat. Uh, she said that guy's hat just said "Run the damn ball," and uh, they they hadn't done that. And the reason that that jumped out at me is because I picked the Colts to beat the Buccaneers. I thought it was a there was upset special, and I thought you know Indy's at home. Uh, Buccaneers are good, but I thought this was a winnable game because you got this great running back who's really in, in a rhythm. And uh, he just wasn't part of the game until it was too late. And sometimes you wonder, these guys are so intelligent. These coaches are you know, obviously, they know more football than any of us. But sometimes you just wonder if, if, it's, if you can get over, overthink things. And, uh, you know, because when they did use him toward the end of the game, he had some really you know, fantastic runs. But Yeah, and the front office can make mistakes too. I liked uh... – I liked how you you sent this over to me. You sent me the initials for Washington football team. Oh, wait, maybe that's something else, not WFT. Maybe that's – said, why did Carolina give Cam Newton $10 million when no one else wanted him? He got benched after going five for 21 with two picks and a five-pointed pass rating. I don't know, Mark. Why? You tell me. Well, I, I don't – I mean, I think New England got him for $2 million or whatever. I don't know what it was, but I just was – Puzzling to me. Uh, I know, obviously, maybe maybe it's a career uh, achievement award or something from you know what he what he's done in, in Carolina. But and 
everybody was celebrating it. They were saying, oh, my God, can yeah, you believe this, that this even happened? I just, I go, why? What's the big deal? He's not any good. Well, yeah, no, no, but my, yeah, that he wasn't uh, in high demand. That's for sure. And I, you know, I don't think, you know, I, I, I don't see a whole lot there. And certainly on Sunday, it, uh, there wasn't anything there. He got benched. Yeah, it's not good. And yeah, I, uh, uh, you, you also sent over the note about uh, Tua, and I can't even say his last name. Completing eighty percent of his passes in back-to-back games as the Dolphins have won four straight. That's interesting, but. You know, he's, you know, I had him on my, t- I drafted him as a fantasy football player, which once again means nothing. And uh, I have since gotten rid of him because he's so inconsistent. But, you know, it, it's nice to see. Uh, do you think he's figuring it out? And and I should go pick him back up on my fantasy. I don't know. It's a, but it's, it's just one of these where it's, you know, two weeks ago is ancient, three weeks ago is ancient history. I mean, they, the Dolphins have won four in a row. Um, this guy completing 80% back-to-back games is like something, I don't know, you've seen like there's like four other people and Peyton Manning's one of them. And, um, and Bradford, so yeah. they all check downs? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's one when you, when you mentioned that Kirk was the third most in, uh, third, third best, most accurate quarterback in NFL history. Obviously the game has changed. Um, you know, it, <laughs> You're not going to see Terry Bradshaw on any of those uh, completion percentages uh, lists, but it's also a, it was an era of seven. Everything's a seven-step drop. If it's throwing down the field. when you threw, you threw to get down the field, not to hand off laterally or a couple yards across the line of scrimmage. It was seven seven steps in a in a mud hole in Cleveland with the wind howling and snow going this way, and hitting Lynn Swan down the sideline. You know, maybe you completed 40% in that game, but, you know, you hit the 70-yard touchdown. And so the game has changed. Uh, completion percentage is going to be owned by guys who play now. Yeah. Also, rules have changed, too, to favor the offense. Yes, they have. Packers beat the Rams, and they uh, uh, pretty much have the NFC North locked up. Uh, do you think they got the NFC Conference locked up? Oh, no. I mean, I, I mean, all you do is look at the last two years. Uh, you know, last year you have home field advantage, and you, you know, the, the Buccaneers come in with a, you know, I mean, the Packers seem uh, now the red zone defense isn't great, but they, they got a better defense than what they had last year. What we saw at the end of that uh, Buccaneers game last year, uh, but no, as long as Tom Brady's in the in the conference, and who knows what the Cardinals are going to do. Uh, to me, it's you know it's not locked up. Well, the NFC North is locked up, obviously, but uh, not the conference. No. You mentioned this note, and this is the one I'll end on: is uh, a, a Patriots Bucks Super Bowl is a possibility, and it it's the only it's the only reason that I would enjoy seeing Brady back in the Super Bowl. If that if that if that happens. Yeah, it's like we we we, we laughed whenever they um when they split up because we covered you know sixty five Super Bowls with uh. You know, of writing the Patriots story and writing the Tom Brady story and joking with Suhan. It was like, you know, I'll, we'll switch off. I'll write uh, Brady this year. You write Belichick. It's just over and over and over. It's kind of like this updating the story and they split apart. It's like, oh, at least you don't have to write about Belichick and Brady. Well, you wrote about Brady the one year. Now the, mo- the most fascinating thing would be to see them come against each other would be the highest rated Super Bowl probably ever. It would be the it would be awesome. The only thing better would be the Vikings 
against against Belichick. But we'll have to maybe wait for that. Um, uh, their, their record against him is not that good. I don't know if you want to. No, it's not. Uh, you know, um, I think that'll do it for this week of Vikings Territory Breakdown. Thanks for all our sponsors. And thanks to you, Mark. Thanks, uh, Mike Walden, behind the scenes. And we'll be back next week with uh, a wrap-up of the Lions game, hopefully a win for the Vikings. And then they'll be turning around and playing the Steelers on Thursday night, so that'll be a hectic week. But uh, uh, we'll keep you posted on what we're going to do then. But until then, you know, have a great week. and. Uh, Go Vikes, Skull, and we'll see you then. <laughs>